Pastor John Randall says, when you live to honor the Lord, expect some opposition. You want to walk with the Lord? You want to lead your family to Christ? You want to live a pure life in an impure world? You want to be serious about your walk with Jesus? Just know this, a battle will always follow. You are now going upstream, my friend. You are now doing something that is worthy of being opposed. A spiritual battle will follow. We're setting up stones of remembrance today on a daily walk. Glad you could join us. Pastor John Randall has framed today's talk around 1 Samuel chapter 7, where the people of Israel are getting things right with God and determined to serve Him. A battle would follow and the Lord would lead them to victory. We'll notice that Samuel would set up a stone in the battlefield as a memorial to the faithfulness of God. Not a bad idea for us to do it in our hearts as we enter into a new year. So let's be reminded of what God has done and will continue to do for us. Here's Pastor John Randall. Samuel added that in their return, it was to be with all of their heart. This was not some one-time emotional decision. This was to be sincere and genuine. Not simply going through the motions, not simply rending your garments, but rending your heart in returning to the Lord. The returning to the Lord with all their hearts would then be seen in their actions that would follow in the putting away of their foreign gods called Ashtoreths. Because of Israel's incomplete conquest of the land of Canaan, Asherah worship survived and plagued Israel even right after the death of Joshua. And Asherah was represented by a limbless tree trunk planted in the ground. And the trunk was usually carved to symbolically represent a false goddess. And because of the association with carved trees, the Asherah worship area were commonly called groves. This goddess was worshipped through ritual prostitution. These were God's people who had received the word of God written on tablets of stone. These were God's people who had been delivered out of so great a bondage. These were God's people where the glory of God rested over their tabernacle. His people had been engaged in the worship of Asherah. They knew better. But even today, There are people, even people of God, who have been plagued and practice perversion that has left them defeated. The enemy of our soul has destroyed the minds and hearts of so many, and the perversion that is plaguing our culture, and might I add, our state, is both disgusting and it is devastating. California is the first state in the nation to create a sanctuary for transgender youth seeking gender-affirming medical care. The governor 
signed a bill that will ensure transgender children from elsewhere, they can safely come to California and access hormone or puberty blockers. And the legislation also shields families from child abuse investigations or from being criminally prosecuted for seeking gender-affirming care. Listen to what our governor declared. In California, we believe in equality and acceptance. We believe that no one should be prosecuted nor persecuted for getting the care they need, including gender-affirming care. The Lord said to his people, turn from these things. Put away these foreign gods that you serve and prepare your heart. The word prepare is a Hebrew word meaning to set up, to establish to securely determine. In other words, make a decision. You need to decide who you're going to serve. You can't go back and forth any longer. Be here on Sunday and then simply live like you don't know Christ the rest of the week. God hasn't called you to that. We can't experience victory that way. Prepare your heart, said the prophet, and prepare your heart in such a way that you have firmly established from now on, I'm going to serve the Lord. Joshua, at the end of his life, said much the same thing to the nation of Israel in chapter 24 when he declared, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day who you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. You have to make a decision. To be undecided is to be decided. You're either for Jesus or you're against him. There is no middle ground. And the promise but the prophet declared is if you will do these things, the Lord will deliver you. He will give you victory once again. The choice is yours to make. Well, the Bible says in verse 5 what they decided. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreths and served the Lord only. And then Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah. And I will pray to the Lord for you. And so they gathered together at Mizpah. They drew water and they poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day and said, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged Israel at Mizpah. In response to the words of the prophet, the people made the right decision. They put away their idols and were determined to serve the Lord only. They poured out a sacrifice to God, outwardly demonstrating their intentions. They recommitted themselves to the Lord. They even fasted, set aside the flesh in order to seek the Lord. 
And they also repented, for they declared, we have sinned. They were no longer making excuses for what they had done. They did not claim that they were victims, and this, of course, was the reason why they went into idolatry and immorality. Instead, they took ownership of their sins that they committed, and they said, in essence, it's our fault. It's not God's fault. It's not their fault. I made the decision. We made the decision as a nation. We have sinned against you. Recall when Daniel was interceding on behalf of the nation of Israel, and he said, we as a people, have sinned against you, God. We are to blame for what has taken place. We want to point the finger at the world and say, how could the world be the way that it is? And the finger points back and says, how can the church be the way that it is? The Lord declared in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, if my people which are called by my name. If they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is when you know that repentance is genuine. There's honesty. There's a change of mind which results in a change of action. When repentance is as notorious as the sin, you know it's real. As long as a person makes excuses, blames others, they remain stuck without going forward. Well, right after the people decided to get right with God, right after they repented and determined to serve the Lord, a battle began to unfold. It says in verse 7 that the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah. And the Lord of the Philistines, the lords of the Philistines, went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. Now that Israel had gathered and were genuinely repentant and turning back to God, isn't it interesting how right after that the battle comes about? You want to walk with the Lord? You want to lead your family to Christ? You want to live a pure life in an impure world? You, you want to be serious about your walk with Jesus? Just know this, a battle will always follow. You are now going upstream, my friend. You are now doing something that is worthy of being opposed. A spiritual battle will follow. And as they are here, there is a conflict that's about to unfold. But I want you to see the difference this time in this conflict, in this same significant spot because now they are dependent on the Lord. They say to Samuel, don't stop praying for us. 20 years earlier, they didn't pray. There's no prayers being offered. It's just get the ark. Now, now they're dependent upon God. 
They had called for national repentance. And they were depending on the Lord to bring them through. If the Lord didn't come through, there was no hope for them. Samuel the prophet began to intercede on their behalf for victory. But I want you to see something right here in the text that is so significant and so powerful as it relates to spiritual victory here, but also in our own lives present time. Look at verse 9. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and he offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel and the Lord answered him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, he's in this process of worshiping God and offering up sacrifice to God. The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered, I love it, with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, drove them back as far below Bethkar. The prophet Samuel in addition to his intercession for the people, took a lamb and offered it on behalf of the people. And he cried out to the Lord and the enemy was confused, defeated, and driven back. Territory that formerly belonged to God's people that had been taken by the adversary was now regained. It would be years before the Philistines could ever mount in another, another attack like they had done previously. When? When was there this victory? When was the enemy driven back? When, were they, when was he confused? When there was repentance and there was a lamb that was offered. There was blood that was shed that brought victory. Do you see it, friend? Who is the lamb of God? It's Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus Christ has been offered up for us. The lamb has been slain. His blood has been shed so that there can be victory over the enemy. Have you been living a defeated Christian life? Is it because you've been living in idolatry or compromise? Have you drifted from the Lord and you want to resolve to turn to the Lord with all your heart, to put away the idols that have ensnared you? The enemy has taken territory in your home, in your marriage, in your relationships, and you would like to see it regained recovered? Is it possible? Indeed it is. In order to celebrate this victory over the enemy, what Samuel does is he takes a large stone and he places it right there on the battlefield. And as he does, he calls the stone Ebenezer. It says in verse 12, thus far, 
the Lord has helped us. You see, the stone that was placed on the battlefield was an acknowledgement and a reminder of where the victory had come from. It was the Lord that brought the victory. It was the Lord that defeated the enemy. And this stone would forever be a reminder of that. You know, as another year has come to a close, like many of you, I'm sure that we all do this to some degree. We reflect, we go back, and we review what the Lord has done. And I can tell you that I have Ebenezer stones that line my life in every corner, every direction I look. I see the faithfulness of God. I, I could go further back, and you probably can too, your whole life. And you can see just the hand of God, the faithfulness of God, the, the stones of remembrance of the Lord there and there. And you can, you can just see this track record of faithfulness that marks your life. Memorial stones. As a church, I think of how the Lord has blessed, worked miraculously this last year. And I am in awe. Every time I drive onto this property, I think, is this really, is this, is this ours? Actually, it's his, but he lets us, I mean, I'm, in, I'm amazed. And I realize God's faithfulness in provision. I can set up a stone and say, thus far, the Lord has helped us. And the blessing that is upon us has nothing to do with individuals here. It has everything to do with God. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Make no mistake about it. But the work of God in us should always lead us to the worship of God. The work that he's done in your life, how far that he's brought you, what should that do? That should prompt a response of worship. Think of it, Noah coming through the storm. What did he do when he landed? First thing, built an altar. Worship God who had brought him through the storm. Moses, seeing all of the Egyptians drown in the Red Sea, first response, sang a song, taught it to the people, the song of Moses, a song of deliverance, of worship for the work that God had done. Joshua, crossing over the Jordan, coming into the promised land, first thing he does, says take 12 stones, representing the 12 tribes of Israel, and set them up on the west bank of the Jordan. Why? Why are we picking up rocks and putting them over here and stacking them up? He said, because in years to come, your children are going to ask you, what's up with the rocks? What's up with the stones? What are these for? And you'll be able to say, the Lord brought us across. He's the one that brought us into this land. And this is a reminder to us of what God has done. And a reminder of what he will continue to do. Well, in conclusion, in verse 13, please notice 
the result of this victory? There are several words that stand out. It says, so the Philistines were subdued and they did not come anymore into the territory of Israel and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Verse 14, then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel, mark this, were restored to Israel from Ekron to Gath and Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. Also, there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Three words that stand out to me in this closing. The words restored, the words recovered, and the word peace. This is what followed. God is able to restore, the Bible says in Joel, what the swarming locust has consumed. He is a restorative God. What you might have wasted, God can restore because he's gracious and merciful. What you have thrown overboard in a moment of foolishness and sinful pursuit, You can recover by the grace of God. And you can have peace with God. That surpasses all your understanding. You can raise a stone as a memorial and say, thus far the Lord has helped me. You're listening to Pastor John Randall and part of a message called Stone of Remembrance here on A Daily Walk. We'll share the conclusion in just a moment. First, I do want to remind you that these daily programs are accessible at adailywalk.org and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also hear Pastor John through the Calvary South OC app. At the beginning of a new year, it's a great time to kickstart your devotional life with the Lord. And we'd like to get a great devotional into your hand to help you along. It's A Daily Walk for Women by Michelle Randall, Pastor John's wife. Recently published and expanded to 366 readings, you can now be encouraged each day for this new year. Maybe request one or two extra to give away. Request A Daily Walk for Women for the special price of $15 when you call 877 877- 2420828 or go online to a dailywalk.org Please remember it's your generosity that helps us remain a biblical voice on stations like this one all across the nation. With your help, we're delivering God's good news at a critical time in human history. No gift is too small to be used by God in great ways. Again, our number is 877-242-0828, or you can donate online at adailywalk.org. You know, we're reminded on a continual basis that the Lord is doing great things through the radio and the internet today. And maybe he's doing something amazing in your life. We want to hear about that. Pastor John would be very encouraged by what you have to say. Write to us today by email at adailywalk at gmail.com. That's adailywalk at gmail.com. And now with these parting words, here again is Pastor John. What kind of year will you have going forward? What will it look like for you? I suggest it depends on who 
and what you're actually seeking will determine the outcome of the coming year. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. Seek first Jesus. He'll take care of all of these other things that are out there and you don't know about and what's around the corner. He's around the corner. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What are you seeking? What do you want? What do you desire? What are your pursuits? Who's Lord of your life? It's my prayer for us, individually, and certainly as a church, congregationally, that Jesus would be Lord over all, and that we would continue to see our Lord doing great things and holding up that stone and looking back and saying, wow, thus far the Lord has helped me. And I wanna say to you, he hasn't helped you thus far now to leave you on your own. He'll continue as you follow him. Next time on A Daily Walk, Pastor John Randall returns to Luke chapter 12 and will uncover the dangers of covetousness. Another good reminder here at the start of a new year. This program is brought to you by Calvary South OC and made possible through your generosity.